Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome to the Watford Buzz podcast. My name's Tom Bedell. No, it's not Matt. He's still in pre-season or a pre-season training camp or something of that ilk. He's actually in Budapest enjoying a well-earned break. And unfortunately, there's no Jordan either. He's busy working hard as well. So unfortunately, you are stuck with me on my own. I will have a look into the analytics for the show afterwards and see how many of you switch off at this exact point. I'm expecting a uh, dishearteningly high number but in the meantime I will do my best to keep you entertained for a little while we just wanted to get something out uh, after the Sheffield United game particularly as it was a good start and a win so we agreed that I would do something on my own so it won't be up to the usual standard I'm afraid certainly won't have the usual uh, humour and back and forth that the other guys provide the analysis that Jordan provides uh, but I will do my best to man the ship on my own in the meantime um we won first home win of 2022 I didn't really I suspect like a lot of people know quite what to expect going into the first game of the Rob Edwards era I haven't had the chance to watch any of the pre-season friendlies and obviously there's been such a high turnover of players um, it's, it's very hard to kind of predict what to what to expect and going into the first uh, going into the Sheffield United game even from you know kind of a starting 11 point of view um, it was kind of hard to guess what would be uh, what would be the the exact kind of breakdown of the shape? What would be the exact personnel? In the end, it was actually a lot closer to the kind of eleven I thought that might get selected from the outset. The only surprises to me uh, were that it was Saar, Dennis, and Pedro up front, and No Maduka Akoya on the bench, which is something I'll, I'll touch on later on. Um, clearly, we have to start with the front three, though. I mean. A friend, a good friend of mine texted me prior to the game and said, your front three is ridiculous in the championship. And it's true. And obviously, there's been a lot of discussion prior to the season kicking off about the merits of playing uh, Saar and Dennis particularly in pre-season at the start of the season. You know, do you risk, um, do you run the risk of upsetting the kind of balance of the team by integrating them and making them part of the, the, the side only to see them potentially move on after a few weeks? And of course, that's a risk, but... My position when we last convened with Jordan and Matt was very much that 
these guys are so talented and, and so kind of far in advance of the, the average level of the championship that you just have to make a way of find a way of including them as much as possible while you've got them you know they are um, objectively our best players on paper and uh, you know to to not find a role for them would really be kind of shooting yourself in the foot a little bit and clearly Rob Edwards sees it that way and I think he'll have been delighted with the way that they applied themselves you know and evidently um, that's been the case in pre-season matches and in pre-season training as well you know we saw them working hard out of possession and I think you have to acknowledge the role that they both played um, along with Jao Pedro in you know kind of pinning Sheffield United in certainly um, in the second half you know it really felt like we got on top and never kind of let them back into the game for a sustained period it wasn't necessarily the case in the first half but I thought in the second half there was there was a definite improvement in that regard and you know it, it starts with those front players and I think you know there's been kind of accusations maybe that Emmanuel Dennis and Ismail Assar aren't kind of the best characters or you know have a bit of a tendency to sulk or what have you and and, and to be honest whether those are founded or substantiated or not would you blame them given you know what they thought they were signing up for versus what they've got particularly in the case of Saar who's now coming into what his fourth season here twice relegated in two years in the championship and still no sign of that kind of big money move that I'm sure um, the club kind of sold the move to Watford to, to him on the, on that basis in the first place you know still kind of no sign of that and he's the one as I said in our last pod of pre-season I think that realistically will probably be stuck here um longer than Dennis because we have to kind of make at least the money back to cover the, the cost and we know that from Adam Leventhal's reporting there is still a couple of outstanding payments even on the deal so you know we haven't even paid off um, his deal yet which isn't you know uncommon by any means but you know is not insignificant outlays still to come so we've at least got to make that money and you you know the whole point of signing someone like Saar was to give him the platform to perform in the Premier League rather than in the Liga and uh, you know coin in on coin it in on him on at some point so you know you can't blame them but I, I think that you know quite clearly quite evidently they they wouldn't have worked as hard and committed to the cause and the dirty work in the way that they did if they weren't committed um, it will be a blow if we do lose one or both of them but I think you can safely say if you can count on two of three from Saar Dennis and Pedro until January at least and then we're you know vulnerable again potentially that is a pretty enviable um, set of forwards to have and then you know we'll see what Bayo and Manai as uh, I'm going to try and uh, make sure that I call him this season at least is uh, is going to add to the add to the mix and we've you know been told and, and Rob Edwards has said as much that he'd like to get a couple of homegrown forwards in as well I, I wonder how much of that is predicated on the assumption that we'll lose Saar and Dennis but still um, you know more to come by the sounds of it and, and evidently from from how he set up against Sheffield United uh, to try and bring it back to the game itself the you know the emphasis is going to be on having two sh- two strikers and, and that's kind of how it played out in reality that it was Saar and Dennis leading the line with Pedro dropping in and I liked that you know I think we're still yet to work out exactly what Jao Pedro's best position is he's played in all sorts of attacking roles for us even played in central midfield against Stoke in the championship last time around um, but I, I like the idea of him being at number 10 and I think the thing that struck me actually I was sat in the lower ground Taylor which is not where I normally sit but I did used to sit there years ago uh, but it's been a long time I sat with a good friend of mine Chris and what struck me about Jao Pedro at fairly close quarters we were sort of bang on halfway but quite low um, 
how big he is and how much he's kind of bulked up over time. And obviously, you know, everything's bigger when you're closer to it. I normally sit quite near the back of the rookery. Um, but, you know, he just looked physically quite imposing compared to what he has been in the past. And, you know, that's kind of comes with age as well. We obviously signed him as an 18-year-old, still only 20. You know, he's growing, he's filling out as we all do. Some of us don't stop filling out. Um, but, yeah, that really, that really struck me. Um, but you know he's strong and he's difficult to knock off the ball and, unless he wants to be in which case he can go down like a like a sack of, like the proverbial sack of spuds I think that's something that he's going to have to be careful of this season you could see he was getting you know a little bit frustrated on a few occasions and, and given the standard of refereeing you can't blame him I don't think because certainly try and remove my yellow specks here but it, it did feel like an inconsistent level of refereeing at times um, but he you know I think he's up for the scrap, isn't he? We know that. He is up for the scrap and he will relish that kind of physical side of the game as well. But I just think he needs a, a quick crash course in what the championship is like. There is going to be inconsistent refereeing. There is going to be some quite tough defending dished out in his direction and, and players that will, you know, try and provoke him and taunt him and, and get away with what they can, you know, pinching, pinching, punching, etc. Not necessarily that severe, but you know what? You take the point I'm making and, and I think he just has to kind of get his head around that again but he did and I was I was really impressed with him as well and uh, you know I, I hope that number 10 role is the making of him because I think it gives you flexibility as well that you can have him as a 10 and he can obviously push on and the guys either side can kind of drop in or it, and you kind of becomes a 3-4-2-1 or you can take him out and put someone else in in the midfield for kind of extra ballast if, if needs be you know there's a lot of kind of flexibility we know it's a back three but I think with wing backs but I think from there forwards you know there's there's options for Rob Edwards and there's kind of horses for courses approach so overall those guys I think you know really stole the show the link up player times was lovely it's a lovely little interchange um, down the left hand side in the first half to set I can't remember if it was Dennis set Sar away or Sar set Dennis away but you know it's a lovely little one touch uh, thing and you know those guys they really could be the difference and even if you know we don't get the pleasure of watching them for a full season as we know there are seven games this month you know 21 points on offer in the league you just can't be you can't be kind of cutting your nose off in spite of your face and not using them for to their fullest extent in those games so I hope we get to see a lot more of them but um, I suspect after that performance and being on television as well you know might uh, precede a uh, sale for at least one of them um, if we move backwards from there I think the midfield was interesting to me. If I'm going to count the wing backs in that just for just for ease and for breaking it up. I think um, Hassan Kamara very evidently, even though he's on the wrong side, got the assignment. You know, got high and wide at times, and when he was playing in front of us in the in the lower Graham Taylor, it was very evident that he was doing that and he was comfortable doing that. And you know, even though it's obviously suboptimal that he has to kind of collect it on his left foot and then go, um, you know, it didn't kind of cause too many problems. He's you know, we know from last season when he was at left back in a in the back four, he's quite a gung ho full back at the best of times. So I think he's absolutely you know tailor made for this system and actually might benefit a bit more because I think the thing that got overlooked at times was you know maybe he's a bit rash, dives in, leaves space in behind, and so on. But with three centre halves and you know hopefully a left sided centre half to come at some point, you know he can afford to kind of wait more heavily towards the attacking side of the game. So I thought I thought he was a real positive. You know, it's obviously not optimal to see him on the on the right hand side from a balance point of view if you consider that we had three right footed centre halves, our one sort of left 
one of our main left-footed players over on the right. It, you know, it's not ideal, but by the sounds of it, between Mario Gaspar and Ethan Laird, who seems set to join, we'll be able to cover that. And um, you've got Jeremy Ngakia as well, who I don't think is a wing-back, but at the very least could fill in and plug a gap or, or, or drop in in a back four. Or as Jordan said, drop in, you know, right side of a back three, given his kind of defensive um, strengths. So that was one side. And then on the other, obviously, Ken Semmer. I think I think we all know what we're going to get from Ken. He's one of those people, isn't he? He's perfectly serviceable in the championship. Not a top championship player by any means, but, you know, perfectly serviceable. And it will probably end up being the kind of natural backup to Hassan Kamara over the course of the season. He's a strange sort of, you know, he doesn't even feel comfortable at wing back. I don't think we saw one glimpse of kind of classic Ken, where he get he's quite, you know, I always think he's quite physically built for a, for a winger, and um, you know, given that's his natural position, he kind of got a shoulder across the full back and or the wing back on Sheffield United's right hand side and cut it back from the byline, which is what he seems to thrive at. But you know, he's not particularly quick. He's not particularly tricky. His set pieces on the night, you know, we if we haven't got one, we need to sign someone that can take a corner because, my God, I don't know if I can watch another season of us failing to beat the first man. You know, his set pieces were unilaterally dismal, I think it's fair to say. Um, so he'll be, you know, he'll be an adequate left wing back back up, but um, I don't think any more than that. And, you know, it will give us a bit more of a threat kind of going forward down the side because it did feel like, there was a reluctance on his part at times to actually make himself available, even if he's in space, you know, demand the ball, call for the ball, and then drive into the box. If the play's on the other side, you know, as the left left sided player, then you've got that um onus to drive forward from the left and you know and get in the box and attack the box. And he just he just didn't do that. And I would like to see him do, you know, more of that because, you know, you've got the security behind you of, of three centre halves so you know not a disaster by a long chalk not a disaster but you know I don't, I don't think it's a long term solution for us in the middle I think it, probably the same kind of phrase covers that you know not a disaster but it's not a long term solution Edo Kayembe probably had his the best game I've seen him have uh, for us you know looked a bit more at the races wasn't necessarily dominating the game but you know didn't completely pass him by think he can still be a bit more incisive with with the ball at his feet but uh, from a fairly low bar I thought that was you know his best his best um, performance for us um, from a kind of statistical uh, point of view his passing was you know pretty pretty neat 14 of 16 forward passes were accurate which is which is not too bad um, and kind of overall progressive passes seven out of ten so Certainly one of one of the better players on the night. Next to him, I think it's unavoidable that we need to talk about Tom Cleverley. Um, a lot has been written and said about him on other fan medium platforms this summer, particularly the the guys on the the um, the Sunday service, Uncle Ron and, and Ed, um, who have you know both been quite critical of Tom Cleverley. Lou Orms is, is another one. I think you know everything that they've said is completely valid. Um, I wouldn't go as extreme as some and you know want him booted out of the club I think he's the ideal kind of club captain uh, material and what I mean by that is someone who you know sets the standards behind the scenes holds people to account just make sure people know what it's about what Watford's about and and just kind of you know really polices the dressing room for Rob Edwards do I want to see him start and play 90 minutes 46 times this season no a long long way from it and um 
In fact, the, the best way I can kind of illustrate this point, I think, is when I was covering Barnett a number of years ago now, there were two players um, that Martin Allen had, Graham Stack, who obviously actually latterly came to Watford and coach, and John Nurse, who was a sort of kind of um, forward, played for Dagenham and Redbridge before he came to Barnet. Never really hit it off at Barnet, but they were both kind of instilled as player coaches when Martin Allen came back and won the title. And he said to me, I, can, I always remember this in pre-season, he said, you know, if things go well this season, John Nurse won't have to play at all. And I think it's, you know, it's a similar kind of thing with Tom Cleverley, you know, using him to kind of gauge the, the temperature of the dressing room, the mood of the dressing room, relay the messages, police the dressing room, the other senior guys, you know, people like um, William Trustecom, Craig Cathcart, guys that have been around, Dan Gosling, obviously, been around the, the place, Christian Cabaselli for a while, you know, know what it's about, know what Watford's about, you know, caring alone doesn't make a good player, but I think you would be hard pushed to argue that Tom Cleverley doesn't care. I think the the problem with him is, you know, his game is so much about the off the ball stuff. He can only do that for so long, um, you know, and he works hard, but he's not. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. He's not quick and he's not super mobile anymore. And it's once he gets in possession that the real issues start. Um, Scout data has him down as completing uh, 11 of 23 forward passes, which is pretty miserable and kind of comfortably the worst player on the field for Watford in that respect even um, even uh, the, the kind of attacking guys who are obviously closer to goal and therefore have um, less space to pass forward into um, did better in that regard I think the one that really sticks out for me is, is progressive passes he attempted 
Um, he he attempted seven, it was, and only completed four. And I think that's, you know, for someone in midfield that ostensibly has the responsibility or is one of those that shares the responsibility of getting the ball forward, that's a pretty, um, that's a pretty wretched uh, number. So, you know, I guess it's kind of harsh to bash him over the head for that because we know that's not his forte. Um, and you can balance that out by having someone more creative in there. And I think that's the role of someone like Jao Pedro in there, or if we were to get another kind of midfielder in to be the link between midfield and attack. You know, that's not Tom Cleverley's natural game, but I, I think gradually you want to you want to see him. I know other people will go stronger on this. I'm happy saying over the course of the season, you want to see him being um, phased out. Um, you know, maybe Tom Deli Bashiru is someone that comes in there. Imran Loser, of course, when he gets back, you know, I think he's a big miss because he's quite a progressive passer. Uh, you know, doesn't run around and, and kind of clatter into people in the same way that Tom Cleverley does. But he's, you know, he will he will get us playing forward and be a bit more incisive with his passing. So I think it will look, you know, the, the central midfield today versus the end of the season, I think and hope will look um, a little bit different or, or quite a bit different. Um Pause for breath and then let's move on to the, the back three. Um, let's go with the positives. How good was it to see Francisco Sierra back in there? He, you know, just seems made for the championship and made for that stopper role in in the three. You know, he just he probably lost some aerial jewels. In fact, let's try and uh, let's try and look it up now. But it, it felt certainly like he won everything. He won three out of four. Actually, Cabasali won eight out of nine. So there you go. He was good in that regard as well. Actually, to give him his dues. But I just felt I felt comfortable with those three. You know, they're they're all good, serviceable championship defenders. I think Sierra Alta's got the kind of higher ceiling um, there, but he he did very well. And it was just good to see him back in there after you know being essentially cast aside from January onwards last season. Um, and and I think as soon as we can get someone in there who's a bit more of a ball playing defender, and you know someone in there on the left hand side who is naturally left footed. You know, you bring a bit more balance and it, it removes the onus on him to try and progress the ball too often. Not that he can't, you know, not he's, we're not talking about a William Truster Kong situation here, but, you know, it's, it's the one area of his game that you would probably argue lets him down a little bit. So it was great to see him back in there, slotted back in there seamlessly, and I think he's going to be a real big, big boost for us this season. On the left, Craig Cathcart, you know, does what Craig Cathcart does. Again, you don't, I, I don't want to be going into the Premier League at any point in the near future with him being a starter but in the championship he you know he's perfectly serviceable does the job and, and I thought was pretty solid and was you know was getting into Ken a bit down the left hand side in the first half and, and and kind of asking more of him um you know really just didn't didn't put a put a foot wrong I think he will naturally overtake Cabasoli on the right he was the one you would have to say that gave gave me jitters I would have to say gave me jitters you know there are a few times where he just kind of misjudged things either went and kind of tried to squeeze up and press press up on the, the man in possession or, or a bouncing ball that he was never going to win or whatever and, and left spacing behind or, you know, just did a few careless, silly things that could have on another night gone wrong. And I think it was his error, wasn't it, that let, um, you're going to have to excuse me here, was it Daniel Jebison or was it someone else in down the, the, the Sheffield United left in the first half? And my, my friend Chris, who was with me, said, you know, that's the kind of chance that in the Prem you get punished for that because, you know, he would have just opened, if, if that's a Harry Kane or a Son or a Salah or someone, they just open their body up and curl that in the far corner. No questions asked, easy. Um, and we got away with that a little bit there. But we're not here to deal in if, buts and maybes. I don't think we were we were unduly tested, really. Um, but I think, you know, it's, it's impossible to overlook the fact that we need that right wing back, um, 
so that, that Hassan Kamara can move to the left and we need that left-sided centre-half so that when you're playing, you know, through the um, through the, the back line there, you know, if it comes over to that person, all they've got to do is let it roll across and they can go down the line or across the field rather than always kind of checking back onto the right foot, you know, the body positions and that sort of stuff. It's, it, you know, it all kind of comes into it, doesn't it? So um, Cathcart did a perfectly good job there and I wouldn't be concerned if he had to, fill that role for a little longer but obviously with Samir off um, that that is something that needs to be needs to be looked at and um, I think uh, I think it probably will be on the basis of the squad numbers I have to you know hold my hands up here and say I'm a bit of a squad number weird I always probably read too much into them but the fact you know a three you can reasonably assume is is kind of a, a wing back full back um, or a, or, a, or left side of centre half four you know centre half or a centre midfielder which we need and you know eleven and seven are fairly interchangeable aren't they either a, a midfielder or a forward and you know I think if we get another wing back as we say sent left side of centre half centre midfielder with a bit of energy some legs can go kind of box to box um, and then uh, and then a forward as well uh, I think I think you're in pretty pretty good nick on the whole so. I came away feeling positive, really positive overall. I have to say, it was, you know, it was nice to go and enjoy and be on the front foot and actually try and, and play a bit of football. You know, I think we've got an idea of what Rob Edwards' style of play and team is going to look like. You know, it's not the finished product. Of course it isn't. It's, you know, 45 games to go. Still, you know, nearly four weeks, the or four weeks as it was on the night of the transfer window to go there are you know there are going to be um, changes and all the noise coming out the club is that there are going to be comings and goings still um, and that's fine you know it's, it's that time of season it's all a little bit um, up in there it's not necessarily a fully accurate representation of what is to come so I came away feeling positive and it was just nice to feel like a bit of a connection again like they'd run themselves into the ground and worked hard for the for, for each other for their mates for the fans and you know that was obviously missing um pretty much the entire of last season and you know just a quick note Rob Edwards evidently I think kind of said go and acknowledge the supporters and, and whatnot and you know I'm not gonna say that makes a difference to anything really but it just kind of adds that feeling of togetherness and the collectiveness um you know there were times last season where I think if they'd have done that they'd have got absolute pelters but it's nice to you know for supporters to be appreciated by the, the people uh, that they turn up to support through thick and thin and have that kind of reciprocal relationship and it all kind of adds into the, the openness of communication from the club things like people doing the, the Twitter spaces for the club putting um, players up to the podcasts and YouTube channels to to uh, to speak to and so on and so forth and I think we've seen a real improvement in that side so yeah that was just another little kind of factor in, in that sort of side of things that was very noticeable and very evident and whether mandated or not is, is absolutely a step in the right direction um, just before I finish up because I have somehow kind of waffled on for nearly 25 minutes on my own here so no wonder we have such a long show normally got to talk about the goalkeeping situation quickly uh, as I said at the very top I was surprised it was Maduka Okoye who missed out and Ben Hamer was on the bench I tweeted this afterwards as well it would never surprise me if we see a situation where Akoya now is, you know, put out on loan um, to improve ostensibly, I guess, for for another year. He is still fairly young, even if he's Nigeria's number one and has come in having played regularly in the Eredivisie last season. But I just think, you know, what what benefit does it serve him if he's going to be duking it out with Ben Hamer to even be the backup goalkeeper? 
um, this season. I noted just before I began recording that um, Cristiano Giretta had said, the rule of 11 will have some influence for now, but we are all committed with Rob's aim of having only 11 non-homegrown, non-homegrown players in the first team squad after the window. It's important to see August in a different way because things can still change until this month is over. And I think that's the first time it's been kind of stated plainly, 11 non-homegrown players in the first team squad. Unless that's a translation thing or, you know, like a, a language nuance, um, that to me says there will be 11 overall, not 15, 16, and obviously we, you know, have to leave some out. It's 11 overall, and then if someone misses out because they're injured or what have you, so be it. But you're not being left out for uh, reasons of status, which I think makes a lot of sense. Uh, we've obviously seen a lot of players move on already that would have been non-homegrown. By my count, it was only nine that were actually in the squad that were non-homegrown on Monday, which was Sierra Alta, Cabaselli, Kamara, Sema, Kayembe, Saar, Dennis, Bayo, and Manai. Um, Pedro uh, and Aspria, of course, are not homegrown, but they are under 21, so I don't believe they count towards that quota. And Daniel Backman, obviously, despite being an Austrian international, was here at a young enough age with Stoke City that he qualifies as homegrown as well. So I don't think it was necessarily an issue there, but, you know, wasting, so to speak, a homegrown spot on the substitute keeper is probably not optimal so I just wonder if you know we might see something there with a Koye and then one of the the younger keepers backs up um, Ben Hamer who would you know I think would be perfectly serviceable coming in if if Backman had to drop out for any reason Uh, you know Vincent Angelini is uh, under 21 so that would be you know perfectly perfectly feasible solution but yeah just just a thought on that one I wonder if that might be uh, if that might be the, the kind of mid to long term play there because I couldn't get kind of hit up about the idea of Backman being number one over Okoye. You know, people were kind of questioning, and I don't think it's an, an, a, a, a not a valid. A, it's it's a valid concern. You know, what's the point of signing a five or six million pound goalkeeper only to make him number two? I think it speaks for our lack of kind of long term planning. But ultimately, it's Rob Edwards' choice who he backs to be number one. But I think if that player is then third choice or you know only second choice half the time, then that is a complete and utter waste. Um, so yeah just one I'll be uh, pretty unsurprised if we see it you know a loan for a Koya it would be good if it was in England at least and he could get out and play you know even if it's in this division to be quite honest um, to get used to English football because he's obviously a big investment and you know fairly young guy in the scheme of things but um, even if it was to go abroad and play you know another 30 or 40 games somewhere I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen anyway positives plenty of them Lots to build on, of course, but it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint, as we well know in the championship. I've been Tom Bodell. Make sure you give all the guys a follow on Twitter. It's at Messi Messiano for Matt and at Jordan Weimer for Jordan. I'm at TB Bodell. We really do appreciate your support. Sorry, and thank you for sticking with us through what's been a pretty hit and miss kind of scheduling. Um, there's obviously a lot of other great Watford fan media out there that you should uh, should. Uh, follow if you're not already the do not scratch your eyes guys great podcast a lot of guests with a lot of guests who are former players and i've been really enjoying listening to those on kind of catch up over the summer uh the sunday service although i I rarely agree with uncle ron is always a very entertaining listen um the wd18 youtube channel is brilliant from the rookery guys of course the the doyens of the watford 
fan media space but do give all those guys a follow and, and tune into what they they're outputting as well and I, I know i've missed others but there's so much out there and i think it's i think it's a great thing personally so we do appreciate the fact that you take your time to listen to us and download our pod and if you do want to show your support you can uh subscribe to our patreon which is patreon.com forward slash watford buzz podcast any small contribution really helps uh matt in terms of being able to spend the time editing and the, the the upload space and all those little things that you don't necessarily appreciate that cost in a podcast um, we do love doing it for you guys and we do love doing it for free and we will hopefully be back as a trio very very soon in the meantime have a great week and we will look forward to the football being back again this monday coming when we face west brom he says with absolutely no confidence is it west brom i don't think it is is it now we're gonna have to check that prepared for it is bloody west brom if only i hadn't questioned myself uh prepared for everything except who we were playing anyway can't be bothered to edit it so i'm gonna leave it in anyway once again thank you very much for your support we really appreciate it come on you horns Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.